Welcome back to the Gravidao podcast. I am incredibly excited this week to be joined by Dragonism. He is the community manager over at Lavana. And if you all know Lavana, they have those amazing transformational NFTs. They've done a bunch of cool stuff in the last few months. They're obviously their slogan is leverage any assets. They're doing some stuff in the DeFi space as well. Dragonism, thank you so much for joining me this week. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. And before we get into Lavana and all just the cool things that are going on, do you mind just giving an introduction into yourself? What is your crypto background? How did you get involved with the community? How did you join the team? Maybe an overarch of all of that information. Got involved in, in crypto, I, I want to say 2010, 2011, back in the beginning, beginning, beginning. Original Bitcoiner. Original, original. Yeah. Um, and it was just years of him telling me about you know, all this excitement about crypto and, and, and me just not having the headspace for it until um, he taught, he, sh- he actually was at that point also really into Lavana and he sh- started showing me, showing me what Lavana was, showing me the Discord, the NFTs is obviously the games they've done. And at that point, I got hooked. So I joined Lavana uh, as a, I was part of the community. I was playing the games. I was um, playing the, um, I don't know if uh, too many people will know the faction wars that we had. So mm-hmm. there was like a series of skirmishes where every six hours you, you had to go and play or make a few moves. Um, so it really was a lot of dedication and time. Um, and at a certain point, I just saw they were looking for a community um manager and i was already spending a lot of my time in lavana um, so i just figured it would be a win-win for me and it's great because lavana i mean it's an ecosystem that's the thing i kind of i left out at the beginning intro there it's an ecosystem you guys do have games you have DeFi aspects you have nfts you have lore you have and we're going to get into all of this but there's just so much going on and as someone who is a lunatic but i i used to focus on a lot of the broader trends because i was trying to speak to all these different projects it was so difficult to really get involved with one community. But every time I went to Lavana, it was amazing to see the energy and the passion people had behind this project and the stuff that they wanted to build and help carry forward to the rest of the space. But yeah, moving into Lavana now, and, and great to hear how you got involved and how you went through the crypto arc. I'm curious, actually, how did you get involved with Terra then? Was that just naturally through Lavana? It was naturally through Lavana. I yeah. remember actually... Um, once we, once, once I was a lot more, uh, uh, comfortable in crypto and I started exploring things on my own, um, you know, I'm actually really a big NFT collector on ETH and, uh, Solana Polygon as well. So once I started getting out more, uh, taking a look at other chains, that's really when I started to realize that Terra was special, mm-hmm. that, uh, I shouldn't take for granted the UI and the, just the experience of using um terra yeah and the thing with terra the thing that's interesting too about that is terra usually is what brought people to projects like lavana but i think in lavana's case there's a lot of individuals who were brought on through solely lavana uh, and then we were starting to see this phenomenon happen more and more as the nft boom was really starting to take off but then obviously the crash happened and we'll get into the crash but yeah. there was there was that excitement there and there was people coming in here not for number go up per se on luna but there was other exciting things going on around it and i think that was having a lot of people uh be drawn to the terra ecosystem as a result but then let's get into lavana now and give us just the overview of the project what is lavana what does it mean to bridge define gamification in in so many words how would you explain lavana to someone who knew nothing about the project lavana is at the core a DeFi project Mm-hmm. Um, that's leverage, you know, uh, any asset. But at the same time, um, the vision for uh, that Lavana has is where it it's a DeFi project. But at the same time, there are elements that we're that Lavana is is bringing that, um, in a way, it's not just about money or it's not just about trading. It's about adventure and fun and uh and wonder and yeah i i i know in a way that's like okay traders want to trade they don't you know like what are we mixing these two for but personally i can speak to it as how i went through that journey where and and how you said uh, as well just before um people 
may came may have come to Terra because of the UI or because Luna was at an all-time high, but people were also coming for Levana. Um, and they were coming because we got sold on the dragons, got sold on the adventure, uh, got uh, you know, and they were really uh, it was it really came through on their AMAs and the announcements. Everything they did was gamified, and the idea was education and fun. And at the same time, once you, you know, at the same time, develop these financial tools that will allow people to you know learn through the uh, gamification how to use the tools and then use the tools to secure your financial freedom. So maybe a long answer to something I said was pretty easy, but I I, I think that that's that's I think that's is good. is is Levana. Then you can right. go into all the different projects in Levana and the products in Levana. But I think that's kind of like the overall theme of so Levana. Yeah, so as mentioned, we have Lavana put into these three different baskets. Um, like, let's just focus on more of the aspects of, you know, the community behind this, who, pe what people are driving behind it, how people have interacted with this. So, we'll start with the NFTs and that side of things. And we had the dragon eggs, right? Was that the initial thing? But just walk me through, because I know there's a few different okay. collections now. You to transform them, and there was the well, uh, right. Just, just give me, the, yeah, give me the overview of what's right. of what happened. Right. There's a lot okay, of so gamification. The, the overarching theme is evolutionary NFTs. Mm -hmm. That's the what one of the things that Levana was really proud of, and one of the really like tried to stick to that. And that means that you have an NFT that, through your actions, you will uh, affect the value of the NFT. So the NFT keeps in evolving and getting new features or, um, you know, uh, uh, spirit level as well. So spirit level is kind of the value of the NFT as it's measured in the Levana ecosystem. So you can have an NFT and then you can go play a game and then that NFT, your, your NFT can be reminted and it will now have some kind of reward that you earned in that game. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool concept. Difficult, really, really difficult because it means you start getting really big collections, huge amounts of NFTs. But um, that's really was really important to the vision. So it started off with the meteor shower. Um, and the meteor shower lasted for a few days at pretty much a nonstop uh, uh, event where people would could donate money and then based on how much money you were putting in you would uh you would be put in a sort of raffle and you can uh, earn or win meteors mm -hmm. then at, once the shower was over we opened the dragon cave and the dragon cave had an uh, uh you can go into the dragon cave you can crack your meteors you can hope to either get a dragon egg or you can get dust so dust is an NFT where the dust is used on the dragon to give them either different customizations of you know genetic modifications or even to to hatch them. That was the idea behind the dust. So um, you either got dust or you got eggs. I've known people that uh, went through twenty meteors without getting a single egg, and then I personally cracked four meteors and I had two eggs. So wow. <laughs> really 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 was random and um that person that cracked 20 eggs uh 20 uh, meteors and didn't get a single egg was also on the team by the way so is it was there a scale of rarity per egg as well or was every yes, egg the there, same? there, okay, there right. was a scale of rarity so you had it started off with a common egg then you have a rare egg then there's the um ancient legendary and finally, uh, a universal uh, egg, which there's mm. only two of those, and those are obviously the most, um, the most rare and the most valuable. And so, with these rarity scales, how does that then affect the hatching mechanism? So you go, you go to hatch these things. The rarer the egg, the more likely are to hatch dragon. Or do people? Do people? Some people not even hatch their eggs and they just say, "I'm just going to hold yes. on to this." legend yeah. oh really yeah. so can you go into yeah. that of it so, yeah so, he, so because it wasn't it because it's an evolutionary uh nft or an evolutionary project um i don't think the 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 devs or you know the vp of product and uh jonathan the um Levana comms imagined that there would be 
people who would hold on to their meteors as an asset that they were going to hope would appreciate in value over time, which they did. They did appreciate in value, but mm. the idea was never that you would just hold on to a meteor and not crack it and eventually, you know, sell that meteor and buy a Lambo. It was always, the idea had always been, you're going to, you, 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 a gamification of sorts. You, in, you put in some money, you uh, donate money to Levana in return, you're entered into a raffle where you can win these meteors, you get some meteors. Now you crack the meteors. Hopefully you'll get some eggs. You'll get some dust. Now you trade uh, on secondary marketplaces to get the eggs that you wanted. You know, people were getting connected to these eggs. It wasn't just that they had traits, but they had a really awesome texture, amazing colors. I know that, um, you know, my egg hasn't hatched yet. We haven't reached the hatching yet, but I, my eggs, I can sleep them. I see them in my sleep sometimes. Like people got really attached to their eggs. But the idea, again, um, and I, I'm sorry if I keep on repeating this, but the idea was never to hodl these assets. It was to move them along in the chain. So you have the meteor. The meteor becomes an egg or a dust. The egg is then um, hatched, becomes a dragon, etc. So people who mm. stayed in the community, I think, moved along on this, this channel. But there are a lot of people that just were part of the meteor shower and then just left the meteors in their in their wallets and left. And I guess just hope that in a year they would come back and they they would have uh, um, really expensive eggs or meteors. And in the end, they 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 didn't get anything. So in theory, there's still some of the rarest pieces of the Lavana collection to be outstanding, right? Or have all those already been hatched because of how people? So we haven't hatched yet. We we oh, really? Hatched. Okay. Yeah. Safe to say that the crash of Terra derailed everything. Right. Uh, when it came to our NFTs. Um, and I, I really feel like I should stress because I don't want to go too much into talking about the NFTs when we actually have announced that for right now, we're kind of, I, I don't know how to say this, and I hope I'm not going to say this in a way that's really going to upset Jonathan because it's really important to, 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 to word this properly, but right now that the NFTs, the NFT part of Levana is, I would say, on hold or right. even potentially being sunsetted. What does that mean? That's so it means the the during the crash, Levana lost a, a very, very large amount of the of our funds. Mm -hmm. And it's it, pretty much any funds that we had set aside for the NFTs and for the games that we were planning, that funds, those funds were lost. So right now, what Levana is focused on, I would say, is the DeFi tools that we want to bring to market and the NFT and gamification side of things. That's just going to be paused for a bit while we bring our DeFi tools to the market once those are launched and once we have a handle on those, then we'll probably take another look at the NFTs and the gamification side of things. But for right now, the NFTs are not going to um, evolve beyond the hatching. Yeah, it's, it's an order of magnitude. I mean, we all, we all, I mean, a lot of Terra groups, companies, or, or projects just got wrecked from yeah. the crash naturally. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, we now have to go back and figure out what is most vital to salvage and then what do you yeah. have to put on hold in the time being. And so in Levana's case, you'll leverage any asset. It's in the name. Uh, <laughs> it's going to exactly. there's going to be a focus on, on DeFi to get that back there. And but you but they the, all of the eggs and all of the data, as you mentioned, it was salvaged. Correct. So we can let's we can now transition this into the Terra crash and how that affected the Levana community. So what was done in the wake of the Terra crash? Um, what were the thoughts around the time? Because I know, for example, the hatching of the eggs, I don't think it was terribly far off from when the Terra crash occurred. I think it was within weeks, right? Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, it was in within weeks. That's why I thought I thought they already had hatched, to be honest with you. That's, that's why I'm so I was confused there. It, 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 let's just say the plans were the 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 go button was was beckoning to be to, you know, right. launch. But it wasn't it, it, that's not what happened in the end, just because the um, because of the crash. So 
what happened was, um, man, I'm talking again for myself. I, uh, I'm, I'm full disclosure, not part of the upper management meetings. I don't know. You know, they were just really right. put their heads down and they worked, 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 trying to figure out. The first thing was what's happening with Tara. And that takes a week or two while things are crashing. And, you know, Doquan is, 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 is telling everybody to steady on and deploying more and, and et cetera, et cetera. Then there's the, you know, it's like almost, I guess, going through these stages of grief, right? So we still, we had to go through the stages of grief. Once there, the denial was done that, and we realized that Terra was, was not either. I'm not going to say that anybody said it's not coming back. It was just like, right now we got to move on. We need mm-hmm. to find a new home. We need to find, we, we're not ready to give up. We're not going to tell people like a lot of other projects did. I'm, we're sorry, but we're not going to survive this crash. We lost everything and we're just going to call it quits. Um, that was just not an option on the table for anybody on the team. So the, 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 the first thing to do was figure out how to save all the data that the, the data that was the NFTs and who belonged to who and what belonged to what and what was where. Because again, remember, we had these massive collections of NFTs, just huge, huge amounts of NFTs. I, I think we minted on Juno. Um, I want to say less than half of all the NFTs that we, like we, we minted on Juno, meaning migrated from, uh, um, I, I don't know if it was about, I would say a half, but we still migrated, we still minted something like 45,000 NFTs yeah. on uh, Juno. It's still the biggest mint on Cosmos. So what we were handling on Terra was just insane amounts of data. So the first thing that was done was we were taking a snapshot every day. And we, we figured out a way, or Beach Dragon, VP of product, figured out a way, where, a way where she basically, what she didn't want to happen was she didn't want to happen in a situation where people are going to say, we want to migrate to the new home. Here is our, these are our Levana NFTs. And these could be eggs that they purchased for 10 cents, you know, uh, while the crash was happening and they're not community core members. Right. So she really wanted to make sure that we were, that we were getting a snapshot of, 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 of the community and who owned what. So those snapshots were taken every day. She then started developing the dragon wallet, the dragon wallet, the idea of the dragon wallet is where someone um, creates a transaction basically says, this is my Terra wallet here's how I can prove that I own the Terra wallet because I can make a transaction and um, I'm making it that the transaction is going to what we call a dragon wallet, but really think of it as an air tag, basically mm-hmm. saying this person, this is their NFTs that they owned at the snapshot. And then once we get to our new home, they're going to create a new wallet on our new home. And then we're going to complete the second part of the migration, which is we're saying, okay, on Terra, this was your wallet, and these were your your NFTs. On Juno, you just created a wallet, and now we're going to merge them together. So you'll have your NFTs from Terra minted on Juno, and mm. that was that. So that's how Dragon Wallets came about. It's a little bit of confusing, um, and I'm not gonna lie. I think a lot of um, the community members also. It was just a bit too much to. I'm not gonna say a bit too much. It was difficult to follow. Because right. things were happening and very dynamic. The reason I'm bringing that up is just because I'm really proud of, of how we managed to still, through all that, bring 80% of the community. and 80%? We reminted 80% of wow. eggs yep, on, on Juno. So uh, I remember just the meeting where we were just people throwing out numbers of how much we were hoping to, to migrate and to save. And we, we like completely smashed that just a validation of our community, a validation of how people are connected to the, to Levana and what we, what we stand for. And so, yeah, that was really great. That was a really great thing to happen. Um, I don't know if I answered your question or I just veered off in five different directions, but. No, that was perfect. That, that was great. And I, 80% community retention in that sense of, of reminting their NFTs. I mean, that is probably one of the, I mean, it's got to be up there for one of the highest out of all the projects. I mean, that is that is fantastic that you have four to five people to say, all right, I'm going to continue participating in this. Yeah. Uh, 
a little bit about Juno, if you don't mind me asking. It doesn't even necessarily be why Lovato went to Juno, but I guess what are your... I, we've spoken about Juno, I think, once on this podcast before. Um, I think one of the other projects, Fan Fury, they're moving over to Juno as well. Yeah, so could you give me an overview of Juno and the movement towards Juno? So why did people decide to go into the Juno... Why, why did Lovato decide to go into the Juno ecosystem? What was it that attracted um, the project? And then what is your opinion on Juno? What is exciting about that community? And just... Give an overview because I think I've only spoken about Juno once before on this podcast. So Juno is a chain on Cosmos. It's part of the um, part of the 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 work that Lavana and our devs did just after the crash was to research pretty much. I want to say any chain that existed out there that possibly could be the new home for Lavana, and there was just a ton of research. I think there's still a spreadsheet floating around somewhere with just tons of information on it where people were just literally going through chain by chain and just what's their marketplace like? What is the volume like? Where, what are their discords? You know, what are their main, who's their influencers? What is the, what is the values of these chains? And what stuck out from Juno was a few things. Uh, I would say the first thing from Juno, the biggest thing was, um, how similar the code is to Terra. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing was as well, uh, the community on Juno are, I would say hungry. They're hungry. They're builders. Um, I think in a sense, the hunger reminds me a lot of what Terra was like. The builders in Terra were just build, 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 build. That's, that's, it, it's very, very, uh, I would even, I, I remember um, when people, when, when Juno did that jump from like $4 to almost $7. And it was like being in Terra again, where mm. it suddenly, you know, like you're, we felt like we were, we feel like we're in another, in another Terra because this chain is just about to take off. The community is amazing. The people have the right spirit of building. Um, is very decentralized, so everything is put up for a, a, a vote. Um, and yeah, it's something that we 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 really like. Also, the idea of the cosmos in general, right? So, like for example, we have our NFTs on Juno, but the Wreck Dragons are on Stargaze, and so just to having the these these different chains where each chain kind of does their own thing but at the same time there's this collectiveness that really is 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 really interesting because it seems like there's an entire uh ecosystem here just waiting to to hit its stride and start flourishing and you know growing it like we saw Terra grow that's why i love juno um, you asked why maybe Lavana went to Juno. I think it had a lot to do with the fact that the code was similar, that you know the sent the okay, the 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 community felt like they were really really interested in building. I think those were the main drivers. Not not in the, any of those uh, big meetings, so I can't tell you for sure. Right. What? Yeah. It's it is interesting because I've heard that sentiment echoed a lot. That is well, we'll start with just Juno specifically. And the similarities from a technical standpoint of programming smart contracts or creating smart contracts, it's very similar to what was being done over on Terra. Um, the UI might not be as sleek in terms of things like Kepler, but it's getting better. And I think it's, I've heard people say it's, it's, it's a step above things such as MetaMask, which um, obviously takes a lot of critique for more EVM related chains, but there's you know solutions being built there as well. But mm -hmm. um, and then and then you move on towards just the IBC and, and greater Cosmos compatibility. And I think that also has been one of those things where, for example, me personally as a lunatic, when I when, when the terror crash happened and I was just thinking, OK, that was one of my big theses of the of the crypto space that there was going to be in some way shape or form a decentralized stable coin currency which you know we say which unfortunately we'll see if that ever happens again but um hopefully it's more stable next time <laughs> but um it was definitely it was it was it wasn't you know what my entire it wasn't my entire belief system but it was definitely a large portion of it um, it was definitely a piece of where it, I thought Web3 fit into the puzzle for me. And so having to expand out of that and saying, okay, so Terra was a Cosmos SDK chain. 
Uh, it was built using Tendermint. What else is out there that's doing something similar? And it's like, oh, yeah. So we have this entire Cosmos ecosystem is the word that gets mm-hmm. thrown around all the time. Ecosystem. I'm just going to keep it simple. Galaxy. Galaxy. There you go. Yeah, that's better. I like that better. Everyone says ecosystem. I'm starting to get yeah, yeah, I say ecosystem. And, and it really times. is a galaxy because these are it different is a galaxy. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Per- I'm going to start using Galaxy more. That's cool. <laughs> That's way cooler yeah. than saying ecosystem. But yeah, you have this Galaxy, just these different chains, and they're all building different unique uh, items. They're all specifying. So like you have Stargaze doing NFTs. You have Juno, which is doing more smart contracts like hybrid mm-hmm. NFTs. You have Kujira building DeFi protocols. Mm-hmm. You have, um, what else is out there? You have uh, Secret and Akash doing all the other cool things. Yeah, Secret yeah. obviously doing more privacy-centered yeah. um, operations. So and there's a bunch of other ones out there. Osmosis with with Texas. All right, I, yeah. I can list them all. I can keep going, but yeah. we're not going to. But anyways, like it, it's expanded. It's unique. It's vibrant. And I think there's something going on there in terms of having a thesis around. All right, so we have you know Ethereum, you have Solana, you have Avax, and those are the L1 smart contract platforms. And then those are more of a wide umbrella in terms of what people build on them. While you have Cosmos, which is maybe the alternate argument to some of those, which is blockchain specific um applications are might be particularly more useful with something such Mm -hmm. as ibc and so i think it's great to see that contrast and without the crash of terra i'm unsure if i would have ever gone down that direction so seeing projects and galaxies such as the cosmos world and then also seeing what people are building on juno i think is incredibly cool Uh, i'm glad to see people have bounced back and found that new home in a way and that they've also found a good place to to take their community and settle it settle elsewhere. In. Yeah, it, exactly. It, yeah. I think it's really one of the things also that are super exciting about it is that you have all these talented projects and devs coming from Terra where you, they, they've seen what, I, I don't know if I should use the word mature ecosystem or mature chain looks like, but they've seen what good UI is and, 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 now they're coming to, and I include Levana in this, now they come to Juno and sure, there's, you know, like you just go through the trauma of, of a crash and now you're pretty much looking at starting, I'm not going to say from the beginning, but you're going to be doing a lot of building right now. Pretty close. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, you know, there's two ways to look about it. I know that Levana at the beginning, it was like, wow, there's a lot of work to do here. But after a bit of time and thought, it became wow, we get to shape a lot of the work here in our image. You know, like we get to, and it's not Levana. I'm not saying Levana. I'm saying anybody that's joining Juno and is a builder is going to be able to, you know, put their stamp on things and they'll be the first in a lot of, of things. So I think Juno and the Cosmos, is, is getting that migration from Terra is is it's not just all the benefits that were existed there before the migration, like you were just saying about the galaxy and ICB and all that great stuff. But now we just got an injection of brain power yeah. from Terra. So to me, that just makes Juno very, very, very exciting place to be with l- unlimited po- potential and um, possibility. And all we need to do is just get this market to, uh, to show some green candles. Please, so I can get some sleep. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, yeah. hopefully we get back into. Uh, well, I'm not going to make any macro predictions. That's that's for another <laughs> podcast episode, okay? Um, but I, I think you know, I think we still got to batten down for a little longer. But um, I yeah. do, I do have faith. I do have faith that the strong communities will be able to survive this thing, and yeah, and those I, who are active. And the, you know. This is when the things come out about bear markets and bear companies and how bear companies are made in how great companies are made in bear markets, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And there's a, there's a big there's a different vibe, I think, with a lot of the strong projects that came out of the 2020, 2021 mania. Uh, compared to past cycles where in 2017 and 2018, 99% of tokens were basically just immediately wiped out and wrecked when that crash occurred. And I think now that a lot of these projects were either A, anticipating the crash or B, have been through that experience or are actually launching a much more matured product, there's hope for a lot of projects that are popular to survive and be able to make it through this. 
Um, and I just don't think that was the case in earlier crypto cycles. Obviously, who knows where we go from here, uh, but mm -hmm. I'm hopeful that the strong projects will be able to come out of this and yeah, head into great. the next cycle. Right. And they head in the next cycle and they can not only build off the momentum they had in the last yeah. mania, but they also can then. Exactly. Yeah. And then the, hopefully the mania has also become less of manias and more of a matured cycle going forward. But once again, I don't have a crystal ball. And if anybody does, please shoot me a DM. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, I know that, um, you know, before the crash and I would say to people um, and I say people, I, I guess I could say my friends and family and they'll be like, what do you do? Levana, what's Levana? Crypto, what's crypto? NFTs, what's NFTs? You probably are very familiar with this as well. But um, I noticed after the crash, how many people you can say to them, NFTs, they won't know what that means. Smart contracts, they don't know what that means. Web3, they don't know what that means. But you say Terra crash, and they know what that means because they've heard <laughs> it. They've seen it in the news. They've read uh, about it on somewhere. But it's just like my, you know, um, when I got really excited about Luna and Luna was just mooning, I went to my dad. I'm like, and this is something I never do. I'm like, give me, you know, give me some money. This is an opportunity that's too good to pass up. This is literally seven days before the crash. And he was, there was a little hemming and hawing. I don't know what it is. What's Bitcoin? You know, he's a bit older. So he's, he's no connection to it whatsoever. And eventually he just told me he'd prefer not to invest. He doesn't understand it. I tried my best to explain it to him, right? Gamification and, uh, mm -hmm. and, and whatnot. But then the crash happened. And the next day he called me up and he said, I bet you're happy. We didn't, I didn't give you the money to invest. Like, how did you hear about this? How do you, <laughs> how would you even hear the words Terra crash and connect that to what we were talking about? Because that's mm -hmm. how big this event was. That's what I'm trying oh, to know. say. This event, it, it, it really reached outside the echo chamber or the little, you know, crypto world that we live in. And, and, and it really, um, it was that big. So I don't know so what I was going with that point, but I was making a point there. The comparison, no, that was a very good point. The comparison is when uh, the big bank Lehman Brothers went insolvent in 2008, they mm -hmm. had $40 billion on asset under management. Terra was $60 billion asset under management. And so I used to, uh, I used to spend some time in, in policy circles and in, in for um, US politics related issues. And uh, when I saw the the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen the next morning in a in a mm -hmm. congressional hearing saying the Terra crash, I just sat there and I just I, I just did this. I'm like, uh oh, yeah, <laughs> uh oh, I, I, <laughs> that's so really bad. Totally the same thing. Where it's, when when she said when she started talking about stable uh, stable coin crash, I think she <laughs> referred to stable coin and and uh, USTC or whatever. I'm like, wow. This is yeah. not good. <laughs> this is really bad. If the if, really if Janet if, if Janet Yellen and, and uh, yeah. people people on the hill know what Terra even is, like that's a yeah. bad sign. All of a sudden, you want um, exactly. You don't yeah, want that telescope pointed at you. But that's crazy though. How fast it just because they yeah. before that day they probably never even remotely heard of the damn thing. Um, nope. It was probably just Bitcoin and Ethereum that they understood or Circle yeah. or Tether never never luna or terra yeah. um but yeah it, it is crazy how that how that reminisced and rippled and, and i think you know I, and i'm just going into some of the investment wisdom there or the the lessons learned it's i always now i always now especially um over the evolution it was like at first in crypto i was like super pumped on it. i was talking about all the time and now i've just gone to the point where it's like learn about money learn about what you think money is uh yes. and then learn about learn about bitcoin but never will i ever tell people to buy cryptocurrency now because it's just i don't know where it's going um, and I'm, I'm not saying i'm perfect not saying I, I haven't made mistakes in the past but now i've learned especially the terra blow up like not even worth telling people yeah that's really um interesting because i really really connect to that i don't know if it's i'm just gonna say a bit of shame kind of because it's i'm not gonna say shame it's not shameful of course we didn't do anything but still it was like um you know we had the floor taken out underneath us and um, it, it, it's still unclear why so or how that happened. And then to, to, to say like, yeah, we lived through this experience. Oh, okay, wow, that must have been a really crazy traumatic experience. So what are you doing now? Oh, I'm on a different chain, you know, doing the same right. thing. 
it kind of sounds almost insane if you think about it, right? Like, why would you, why aren't you running as fast as you can? And so I think part of it is really what you said in the lead up where you said, educate yourself about money, you know, educate yourself. If you educate yourself about uh, financial freedom, I think the entire concept of crypto becomes a lot more clear Mm-hmm. And maybe it's 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 hard to understand a grasp, but at the same time, like this idea of financial freedom and decentralization and um those are like values that I find to be, you know, those are not I'm not ashamed of the of, of wanting that. No. You know what I mean? Nor nor and, should you be. Nor should I be. Exactly. So if maybe Terra crashed and living through that that is not enough for me to give up on um, on the vision that is crypto. I, I, I That's how I see it. Well, you know, we, we all know the system is in some way, shape or form very broken. And there's going to be some point here where we're going to need alternatives. And it gets into the whole things of what is money and what are the properties of, of, yeah. of good money. But but whatever like we don't even get get into that it's just the fact that we know something's broken and wherever that leads people whether it's uh hedging their risks with things such as like gold or precious metals or they maybe they start to dabble with something like bitcoin or maybe they go further down the rabbit hole and start to see things like decentralized applications smart contracts wherever Mm -hmm. they may end up at the end of the day i think it's important people just get financially educated um and we learned our lesson hard through Terra as to you know this is a very risky space it is not regulated yet fully um, there's going to be regulations coming and yeah. people should not be, you know, putting the, uh, it, it's, it, it no. once again, you know, people should be very careful with how much they dabble with the yeah. space in terms of like belief and always make sure to have counterpoints to your arguments. I don't want to get, I'm trying to, I always try to avoid like the financial conversations in these, in these episodes, right. but like, I'm trying to keep it more, like I'm trying to say, stay in the more educational route. And then I think your answers will become pretty apparent from there. I think that that's the best. Bet yeah. I, I know you're trying to get away from this, but I really, I'll just say one last thing because I feel like this is such a also integral to Levana's vision of mm-hmm. education, right? Like the game find all that it's not to, you know, like to, to use a financial, a DeFi tool in a gamified cutesy way so that, on one hand, you're you know you're making financial moves, and the other hand, it doesn't feel financial. Right. Like, that's not what it is. It's it's to educate and to help people understand in a slightly different, non, I don't know, binary zeros and ones way. What is crypto? What is you know what are you doing with the liquid pool when you're putting money in? Like these are things that people need to understand because I know that I lost a ton of money on impairment loss when I put some money in um, in the liquid pool. And um, when I was uh, funding a liquid pools and I was just, I mean, I think it took me a half a year to understand fully what impairment loss is. Yeah. I don't know if I have a resource right now on the web that you can say, what is impairment loss? And you will get an answer (laughs) that you will say, oh, okay, now I understand. That has not happened to me. And I've never met a single person who said, I can explain to you what impairment loss is and then start into explaining and then a minute later be like, actually, I'm not quite sure I understand what it is. So that education that you're talking about, to me, it's like, you know, don't follow the crowd. Don't look at the top trending, you know, coins on Binance and then whatever is up 35%, you just buy, you know, money, buy that. You need to do a lot of research um, and a lot of that research is going to be difficult grinding where you're going to be in discords and you're going to be reading white papers and light papers and some of them are not going to make sense and you're going to be looking reading medium articles where the articles aren't sequential and you're like just trying to figure out what this project's vision is and what their financial backing is and where they are right now um, and it's really hard so I think with financial with education like I would say if you don't feel like you can educate yourself, yourself, just don't be in the space. Maybe that's a bit too harsh, but that's that's what I learned from Tara. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with a lot of the points you raised. But you look at something like impermanent loss and you're totally right on that. And this was when I was in my early DeFi dabbling days. I think it was 
DeFi Kingdom. I forget what pool I put some money into. And I was like, oh my God, I'm getting so much APR. And this is amazing. And mm -hmm. I was like, but then all of a sudden I'm like, what's the downside to this? Like, this is not, you know, 60, 70, 80, like yield farming is not something that should be, it's not sustainable. I mean, <laughs> like, I, I knew, I knew from the past that this is naturally not going to be sustainable. It was too good to be true. And the minute mm -hmm. I, I had, first off, like I, I looked up what I had to look up, like what are the downside risks of yield farming on Reddit? And I started looking through and it was like impermanent loss. I'm like, okay, what was impermanent loss? And as you mentioned, there is no easy resource mm -hmm. to immediately explain that off the bat to you. You're like, Oh, so the ratio of my tokens can get screwed up and then the value can go to zero very quickly. Great. Yep. <laughs> like, fantastic. Um, and I immediately pulled everything out of, of, of liquidity pools after I learned that because I was like, mm -hmm. I don't understand this. I don't want to play this game. But it's good to see things. Uh, it's good to see projects like Levana being willing to educate users on these issues because it's not easy. It's not easy to learn these things. And there's it's it's a very crypto native term it's a very niche thing to learn about in permanent loss it's not a traditional finance term and so yeah. for people to go out there and, and google it and be like what is this and what am i doing with my money i thought i was getting 80 percent apr which i mean you're not i mean it's it's too good to be true in many ways so you need to take those risks into account and i'm glad to see that a project is focusing on that yeah. dragonism i want to start moving into the wrapping up portion of the interview but before we get into there I do want to just briefly touch upon the lore of Levana and what that plays into the ecosystem. You know, what are the faction wars? How does that work into there? What's the gameplay aspect of this? Do you mind just quickly giving an overview of that? Sure. So the um, uh, the the lore is actually really really important to Levana, mm -hmm. um, and the lore is kind of where you say. We want to do gamification, okay? But we don't want it to be cheesy. We don't want it to be, here's an icon or an avatar of somebody and you do the, take this avatar and you do that and you do that and you'll get some money. That's like, there's, you know, we, we, we really wanted people to be um, involved and connected to what they were doing through the the through uh, I, I know i keep on saying it but adventure and wonder and and fun because that's another way uh to absorb information right it's it keeps you lit it keeps you awake you're not reading or you're not studying boring financial information or mm -hmm. you know courses or whatever it is you're okay so the lore was actually, um, I would say, most of the idea of the lore, Levana comes or Jonathan, right? Um, he has it in his head. Um, a really, really interesting story that is not just in itself a fascinating a story that anybody that likes Robert Jordan or Tolkien or George R. R. Martin would feel comfortable opening it and just having a good read, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there are there are a lot of things in the in the lore that are um, that are directly related to crypto. So, for example, the dragons and Levana, all these these um, the the these it's um, I don't want to say symbolism, but it is symbolism. It's a symbol for how you have financial uh, uh, institutions in today's world who control all this wealth, who can literally control how you know they control how people live their lives financially and there are these and and how the people can take back their financial freedom their their financial security from these centralized uh institutions and start managing their own uh wealth creation and financials on their own and so that is a very very big part of the lore it's someone discovering you know a dragon and then and the dragon is kind of crypto and using the dragon to escape the financial institutions and using the dragon to kind of um um uh the, the dragon is leveraging any assets so using the dragon to kind of like trade and make and 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 make money um i know i'm making it i'm butchering the lore so i, I have a feeling that i'll be Fine. fired after this but <laughs> i'm really really butchering it because it's a passion project as well as a really really well done project um it's a passion project uh, um 
I don't know why I said passion project. It's a very important project. Uh, so I think when you have the, when the, when the, and I'll, I'll bring it all back. I promise. I know I go into these like 20 minute answers, but the, okay. So we recently released an NFT collection called the dragon riders. And this NFT collection, you may not have seen it. It was a surprise airdrop to, um, there was a few things you needed to, to, to have done to be eligible. If you created a dragon wallet, on time, or if you played one of our mm -hmm. games, or if you tried the options um, on Testnet, you would get this Dragon Rider avatar. The Dragon Rider avatar is one of the factions, the four factions from the Faction Wars, mm -hmm. plus there's another new, uh, the fifth column. Um, and it's crazy, but I'm, I got four, I personally got four or five avatars, and none of them were the avatar that I wanted for myself. Because having read all the lore, having played all the games, I was so connected to it that I didn't even realize it. But there was, I kind of saw myself in this world. And so when I'm looking at these avatars, none of them were who I saw myself as. And that's when I realized how connected I was to the lore, how the lore brought me, you know what I'm saying? It brought me in, it really connected me to Levana. And uh, so the lore did its job for me. It brought me in. And that's what the lore is. The lore is like, I would say the backstory to the gamification and adventure that Levana is trying to bring to crypto. The crypto. That right there is the largest problem 99% of Web3 based games have. And that is they cannot achieve that result where they actually get people to feel immersed in this environment. And it's, it's more than just I'm here to make money. It's they actually feel attached to the game itself. You know, when you're yeah. a big fan of any game, like I don't take Fortnite, for example, or whatever, and you see, you know, these 12, 13 year old kids sitting down and playing with their friends for hours. I mean, they are immersed in that world. They have uh, yeah. an identity attached to that. Yeah. And I just don't see that with things like Axie Infinity or DeFi Kingdoms. I see we need to make some money. Yeah. <laughs> in my opinion, I'm not I'm not yeah. throwing shade on those, but like I just don't see the the same amount of what it takes to build successful games uh, yeah. in that. And, and hearing that from you, though, is, is very, very interesting. Yes, it's. Um, and, and again, I'm gushing only because not only <clears throat> am I talking about what the vision is, but at the same time, I'm realizing I am like a perfect uh, example of that because I was brought into crypto and I was brought into the, the Levana um, world from the lore, from seeing these amazing eggs and seeing these, these side-scrolling games that they put together, but each game had, you know, it was telling the story of one of the factions. It was telling the story of this. Every single thing that was happening in Levana, there was a, a, a reason for it that somehow mm -hmm. connected it to the, to, the, to, to the main mission. And I really, that's the immersiveness is really what it was, what it's about. And it worked for me and, and you picked up on that. So I think that it's, you know, it's a really great, um, it's a good vision to have. And it's something that, that uh, despite, you know, after the crash, and like I said, we lost a lot of the funds, a lot of the funds also for the lore, you know, like right now we're entirely focused on DeFi tools, some lore, some, you know, NFTs, but the DeFi tools right now, as you had said before, it's about um, prioritizing. And so right now they're our top priority. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you, you know, we have to keep a bit of the lore alive because we we know that at a certain point, once you know, once we're back to where we, what's where we want to be, we're going to want to go back to having that immersiveness experience. It's impactful, yeah. and I look forward to seeing how you guys are able to build this out and successfully yeah. recover in that aspect but I, I do think that you have a, a great formula here that has a lot of potential to see yeah. uh, massive success going forward um dragonism i want to thank you so much for your time today this yeah. has been a fantastic conversation but i do have one final question for you that is not crypto related uh -oh. uh, we like to get to know our guests a little bit outside of the just the world of crypto or what their preferences are or whatever what their hobbies Two are sugars. and the uh <laughs> oh, you can ask how much sugars i put on my coffee no, no sugar in your oh, coffee. Okay. We're going, we're going, we're going, okay. we're going pet peeves today, actually. Um, <laughs> and the question I have for you is simply, what is your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve are impatient drivers mm -hmm. who have not yet managed somehow that I don't understand how they've managed to see the light turn green 
and honk. It, 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 there's some kind of like amazing hand-to-eye coordination happening, but it's happening. So that's my pet peeve. If the lights yeah. turn green, it's not yet time to drive. Just, that's it. It's I, I don't know. Does that make me sound like a super old man? No, I'm a bit of an angry driver myself. I'll be going. I mean, I'm I'm the type of person who goes like a steady 80 in the passing lane once in mm-hmm. a while, and then someone come behind my tail at like 90, and I just get angry. I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, you're saving two minutes. <laughs> Maybe they'll yeah. make me an old man as well. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm like, okay, fine. Let's see. I'll go 100. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's just <laughs> step the stakes a little bit here. Okay. Yeah. I see you and raise possible death go <laughs> this is not driving advice <laughs> disclaimer uh, but uh, uh yeah if i can add another disclaimer as well um, <laughs> you know i hope that I, i'm I, I was happy to come on and share my experiences but these are the experiences of the community manager so you know i i think if you're also interested in seeing perspectives from a developer point of view you may want maybe we can get um beach dragon who's the vp of product come on you'll get a lot more technical information maybe you'll get a lot more insight into the decision making into how things went down or we can get levana comms as well on um maybe for some more high level stuff but if you're yeah if you're looking for some you know what happened on a community level during the crash and what Levon is about right now in Juno and, and what things are looking like. I hope you listen to this and you, you, you get um, inspired to check out Levana, check out the discord, check out the uh, Twitter Levana protocol. Um, and uh, yeah. And, and, and see what we're building. Maybe. We'll yeah. Inspire absolutely and all those links will be down below but no dragonism this this series is called the state of nf terra this is literally the entire the entire focus of the series is to figure out how these communities and projects have helped move on a bit so you did an excellent job today i really appreciate your time and sure. yeah you just you just answered my last question there was where people should go to learn more so i'll make sure to link the discord and the twitter down below definitely if people are interested get involved but once again really appreciate your time today this was a great conversation I appreciate, appreciate talking to you it was really fun and i actually learned some things as well <laughs>